Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to talk about the conventional and unconventional. And we're going to do this because i got a question. The question itself is self-explanatory. Um, the way it was phrased, the, the answer is already there. But I think I know what the person was actually trying to ask. So we're going to go over that because I think other people have the same question. Um, when I'm talking about the U.S. military, I will often say something along the lines of, there is not a conventional force on the planet that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the U.S. military and win. Okay? That's not American exceptionalism. That is statement of fact. There is not a conventional force on the planet that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the U.S. military. Um, the person asked, why do I always specify conventional? I mean, the obvious answer to that is because unconventionally, an unconventional force is much more capable of degrading U.S. capabilities in winning a conflict. But I think that the person knows that. I think they're, what they're really asking is, why is an unconventional force more capable? And the answer is pretty simple. It's really, it kind of boils down to two things. Um, the first is, is how technology has changed. And I'm going to give some specific examples. But it's important to remember that unconventional conflicts forever, okay, they're hard to win to begin with. But the one thing that the state actor had that the unconventional force typically didn't was access to information, a real intelligence network. Today, in fact, right over there, um, I have a drone that we got for the channel for Bow on the Road. And we got it because right around the beginning of the pandemic, a friend decided that flying drones was going to be their their stay-at-home hobby. And they got a new one. We got their old one. It was obsolete. Okay, near the beginning of the pandemic. This person was like, yeah, this isn't good enough for me now. I can throw this thing in the air and get a complete view of everything that's going on in my immediate area. Um, that kind of battlefield awareness, that is something that unconventional forces didn't have access to not too long ago. They had to use human sources to get that. Now, it, drones you can buy at Walmart can do that. Um, the one that he has now, he had to get a license from the FAA for. Um, and, I mean, this thing, day, night, anything, it, it's amazing. But it was something he, he was able to just buy. Those kind of resources didn't exist. Right now, if you use the satellite that you, is used to uh, track fires you can tell what's being shelled in Ukraine. 
the amount of open source intelligence that is available to the average person is just astounding. That makes an unconventional force a whole lot more capable because when you're fighting unconventionally, what is it? Hit, run, surprise, right? To surprise, you have to have information. And technology has, has handed unconventional forces that tool, a tool that they, they didn't have half a century ago. Um, the other thing is the lethality of the individual soldier. Conventional or unconventional doesn't matter, but the individual soldier now packs a punch. So there was a time when a conventional military going to engage in something that would prompt unconventional responses, they would, they'd be fighting older equipment. They'd be fighting equipment that didn't really have the same punch. Most times, the unconventional force was outgunned. That's not really true anymore. Those two things right there make it incredibly hard. And then you have the, uh, the one thing that is a determining factor. Large powers, they don't do it right. They try to put down the unconventional force through force. And most times, that makes the unconventional force grow. Remember, they, they don't have to win. They just have to keep fighting until political resolve breaks in the country that has the conventional force. All they have to do is just keep going. The U.S. or whatever major power is combating an unconventional force. They have the watches. The unconventional force has the time. They just have to wait them out. And... Military doctrine just refuses to adapt to this fact. Um, so that's why that caveat is in that statement. The United States has a better chance of going toe-to-toe -to -toe with China or Russia in achieving a decisive victory than it does trying to achieve a decisive victory in a country that most people in the United States have never heard the name of because the force there isn't going to fight in the conventional sense. They're going to use surprise. They're going to use the tools available to them. And all they have to do is keep going. Eventually, the United States, or whatever the power is, will tap out. The political resolve will fail. It's really that simple. It's not that the United States is uh, just somehow incapable. The U.S. actually knows how to fight against an unconventional force. 
but they're not willing to take the reorganizational steps to do it. Um, and the technology, the information awareness that the unconventional force has access to today is enough to tip the scales in their favor. If they combine open source intelligence with the normal human sources that unconventional networks tend to have, it's really hard for a major power to combat that, especially when the unconventional force has the sympathy of the locals or the major power is there doing things to make sure that the local populace stays sympathetic to the unconventional force. Um, it, it's just, it's different. And major powers, and it's not just the U.S., um, major powers do not have a good track record of this. They didn't have a good track record before the information age. The information age just shifted it heavily in favor of the unconventional force. So that's why that little caveat is always there, and it will be for the foreseeable future. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.